Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Pastor <laughs> Marcus Zill. Back in the student union today on this post Thanksgiving week with college student Matthew Kelp calling in from St. Charles, Missouri. How are you doing today, Matthew? All right, Pastor Zill. Thanks for having me on again. This is the trifecta for you. I don't think I have had That's somebody right. on for three times. Anyways, you're calling in. You are live in the St. Charles area. You graduated this last spring, right, from Lindenwood University. Tell us about what you're doing and uh, give you a chance for uh, one of those little plugs for the campus ministry that you're involved with. So uh, my my freshman year at Lindenwood, um, I was blessed to have the opportunity to help start a campus ministry in LCMS Youth Center, uh, the Lutheran Student Union at Lindenwood, uh, which can be found on Facebook and uh, everywhere else for anyone who's wondering. And um, so that, that continues. I was the president of it during my time there. And as Pastor Zilt said, I graduated in May. So I've sort of uh, moved on. But, I, of course, I have many friends in it and stay connected with it. It was just at a, at a Bible study today, actually. And, uh, and you're still you're going back to school, are you not? That is right. I am in the application process to a construction management master's program at uh, Washington University here in St. Louis. Excellent. It's been kind of a rough uh, couple of months uh, for you, and you and I both came up with the idea coming out of Thanksgiving break, thinking about an idea for a conversation that we could actually have on the radio, uh, believe it or not, about by something in your life that, uh, that happened, uh, I think, six weeks ago today that, uh, that was actually kind of tough. So why don't you uh, fill us in, and then let's, uh, let's talk through this a little bit together and bring people on board. So six weeks ago uh, today, Tuesday, October 17th, um, my mom, who owned a construction company here in St. Louis, um, was headed to from our, from our house in Wildwood to a business uh, lunch meeting in St. Charles, actually. And it was about 11 o'clock in the morning, and um, on one of the, the busy uh, and somewhat dangerous two-lane roads out here in Wildwood, Highway 109, for those of you who are from St. Louis, there was a man who uh, was, was driving in the opposite direction and had a seizure, um, jerked across the center line of the highway and hit her head on, um, driver's side to driver's side. And so uh, she was very critically injured in that wreck and was um, was rushed to Mercy Hospital here in St. Louis. Um, about a little after noon, I got a phone call from my dad and uh, he said, um, your mother has been, she was, she was in the Carson on highway 109 is critically injured and, and is at mercy hospital. So, you know, get in here as quickly as you can. And, and thankfully it was my, uh, I had the day off classes sort of randomly and uh, my sister did too. And so she was home with me, which, which was nice. And so we quickly grabbed a few things together and rushed in, uh, to the hospital. And so when we arrived there, um, they had they had done a, a CAT scan, I think, and uh, the prognosis was was very bad. Um, indeed, she had 
significant um, trauma to her head and, and brain injury. And um, so we, anyway, we had we actually had uh, a terrible decision to make, uh, the hardest decision probably just about anyone would ever have to make uh, in five minutes. We had to decide whether whether to do a surgery on her on her head that had a very, very, very uh, minimal chance of allowing her to, to have a partial kind of a, a bad recovery, but that that chance was very slight. I mean, they they basically said, you know, she'll she'll die or, or be in a vegetative state, and that's that's probably it. So um, we had five minutes to make that decision. We we took fifteen. Uh, thankfully, our, our pastor was able to be there with us too. Um, you know, praying for us, talking through it with us, and and we knew that my mother wouldn't have wanted to to live, you know, that way, unable to communicate on a feeding tube and, and that sort of thing. Um, so we decided we decided not to, to have them do that, and so um, they moved her to the to the ICU then uh, from the from the emergency department at the hospital, and um, the nurse told us, you know, that that we would have just probably a few hours uh, remaining with her. And that was about all. So, um, my, my dad and sister and I, and uh, a couple of close family friends, and, uh, actually also the, the vicar from Emmanuel and St. Charles, who's involved with our campus ministry there. Um, we just, we gathered around her bed and we prayed and we read scriptures and we sang hymns, um, nonstop, for the last 90 minutes of her life, and she she died at 4:30 p.m. Um, six weeks ago today. And uh, you know, I know this is tough, and I uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the radio program is because uh, I was uh, privileged to be able to be at the uh, at the funeral. And to see you, and uh, um, to see the joy and the spirit that your family had, and the friends around you, and and knowing you as I know you, um, I'm just so incredibly proud of how you've handled this. And I know there's yet everybody is I t- everybody's probably told you, you know everybody grieves differently. Some people gush all right out the front. Um, some people it'll hit them later. Some people it'll hit them sporadically along the way, intermittently. And I have been so incredibly, so incredibly pleased that I even have the confidence of knowing that you know that you didn't just have two or three hours left with your mother, that you have an eternity uh, to look forward to spending with her because she is she is with the Lord. And uh, in this this time of the year... Um, I saw, I don't, I always say I don't like to quote statistics unless they agree with what I already thought. Um, I don't know, that's how everybody uses statistics. Just wait till you get to wash you. That's what they do. But, uh, the bottom line is that, uh, I mean, 32%, the last thing I saw of college students are diagnosed with depression. Um, and that's diagnosed I mean, so one out of three, wow. one out of three college students has a diagnosis of some sort of, of, of being depressed. And th- never mind those that are depressed that aren't diagnosed. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I sit here and I think, you know, um, well, before I get into this, uh, I mean, 
and I, I think you might have some some thoughts to share on this, and I, I frankly want to share some with you too. But um, how is your family doing? Um, tell us, uh, you know, I mean, your, your faith. You know, I was just telling you before we got on the air. I don't know how anybody goes through a situation like this, um, where you lose suddenly, unexpectedly, a loved one. In this case, your mom, and how you could possibly go through that if you weren't sure where she was and that you would see her again and that you would both be with the Lord. Um, what scripture, are there any scriptures or things that you'd like to share, uh, some hymns, anything? You said that you spent quite a bit of time, uh, I know I was even texting you, sing her the Psalms, sing her the Psalms, because it is so comforting. Um, you know, this is why we need to learn scripture, why we memorize scripture. What, what scripture texts have been especially meaningful to you dealing with this this incredible jolt in your life at, at really such a tender young age? What, what kind of things can you share with everybody um, that's listening about uh, what's especially touched you from scripture? Sure, yes. I would I would be delighted to share a few scriptures um, that, that have comforted my, my family through this time. And, and before I do that, um, you're exactly right, Pastor Zill. We've all been shaking our heads as well at, at even the thought of how someone who wasn't a Christian um, would deal with this. I, I don't know because I'm not in that position and I can't understand it, uh, and I, I never probably will be able to understand it, but you, you simply would not have uh, hope. And, you know, we do have that hope and that assurance uh, that today— and, and six weeks ago, my mom saw our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ face-to-face at 4.30 p.m. Um, when she went to be with him. And so that, that changes everything, and that, that makes everything much better. Well, of course, you know, we miss her oh, and absolutely. miss her. Um, we still know that we will, in eternity, forever and ever and ever, which we can't even imagine either, get to be with her. And so... So I'll um, start with, with a song here, uh, which was one of her favorites, um, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And my mom, um, you know, she's, she's from southwest uh, Missouri near Springfield, and it's, it's very hilly in the Ozark Mountains down there. And um, she always wanted this carved in a mantle over our fireplace, and, and that didn't happen. But the, the reason she got the idea for it was that uh, that scripture is carved into a wooden altar uh, in a chapel at Silver Dollar City, uh, which is the amusement park in, sure. in Branson, Missouri, place that she spent a lot of time uh, when she was uh, a little girl. And so, anyway, that that one is very special to us. Um, another one which was special uh, to me because it's my confirmation verse and also provided great comfort and strength to me after uh, my grandfather tragically died in 2008 is Isaiah uh, 40, uh, 28 through 31. 
Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Uh, and I, I actually put that uh, to strengthen and encourage my, my grandfather, who was also a strong Christian, uh, on the, the last uh, birthday card I, I wrote to him or made for him, uh, which was when he turned 83. Mm. Um, let's see what, what else I have here. A couple from the Gospel of John are pretty special as well, and uh, typically I believe we definitely read both of these around uh, my mom's bedside. Uh, one was a confirmation memory verse uh, of mine, John uh, 20, verses 30 and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Uh, and also John 14, verses 5 through 7, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And as, as I said, you know, we are 100% certain my mom did know Jesus and and is with him today. And and this really says it all. You know, we there are a lot of people out there, even even some other Christians perhaps, who want to say, oh, there, you know, Jesus is one way, but there's many other ways. No, that's that's not the truth. There's there's one way to have eternal life, and that is by knowing Jesus Christ. Well, and you know, you uh, thank you for sharing all those, and you mentioned um, two of those. I think were confirmation verses. <laughs> And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me how important, you know, so often we, you know, we go through confirmation, we, well, somebody gave me this verse, whatever, okay, it meant something to me, whatever, you know, it's on my certificate, but these actually became rather personal to you. How important, you know, it, it's, it seems fitting to me to highlight the fact that those types of things that sometimes we take for granted among the community of believers, um, weekly being at the sacrament as often or as often as we are able, being in church, reading God's word, the memory verses that you had in catechism class, a confirmation verse, these things come back in ways that maybe we don't even realize that they will, that God brings them the aid of the Holy Spirit to our memory at these times of need. Have you sensed that with some of these things that have come that this, that God has used um, His Word to 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 bring you that comfort? Maybe even in times when you didn't expect it. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. Um, scripture memorization has been a <clears throat> a big part of of my family's life for at. Uh, more than more than ten years now, actually, probably about twelve years. Uh, ever since the seminarian uh, led a Bible study specifically geared around scripture memorization at our church, um, and then that was a, a large part, and probably one of the most wonderful parts of um, confirmation classes at my at my congregation. 
And uh, many of, of those verses, uh, which I, I still have memorized today, I will often and, and have often, um, you know, recited to myself while I'm going to bed um, or just at, at other uh, random times. And, um, you know, for, for years, obviously, after confirmation, while I still had my mother, those verses were special to me, and uh, they became even more so now, of course. But it is an incredibly wonderful gift uh, that we have to be able to not only read but, but memorize God's Word so that we, we do have it written you know, on our lips, on our hearts, it, it's always there with us. And and you mentioned um, the sacrament, and and that's uh, that brings me to one other piece of scripture that I did want to mention, and that is probably um, probably the piece of, of liturgy that is maybe most most relevant and and also the, the favorite of my parents, and that is uh, Luke two twenty nine through thirty two, which is Simeon's song. Uh, we know it as the Nunc Dimittis. And, um, that we actually uh, sung it uh, from from uh, Divine Service Setting Three at at my mom's funeral um, because that's the setting that my parents grew up with and and loved as as do I and it was pretty it was pretty cool maybe one or two years ago when when I was at a at a higher things conference um, one of the pastors that was speaking uh, spoke about the about the Nuncumitus and how really it's saying and, and meaning for us, um, you know, we've received here in the in the sacrament, we've received Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and we can leave this life on earth. We can die in peace now. Um, and so so that is also a very uh, special scripture passage. Let, let, me tell you, let me tell you one thing about that passage that lots of times people make a giant assumption about. Everybody assumes that Simeon was an old man. Everybody uh-huh. does, but when you look at the text, now he may have been an old man. Um, sure. However, all it says is that Simeon, for a long time, had been waiting, waiting at the temple, and he was told that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. Doesn't say he was old. Who says you can't be ready to die at a much early... I mean, we assume that because we just want to picture this as an old guy with a white beard, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it actually doesn't say that. And so I just offer that up as a as an even greater source of comfort and, and maybe something for everybody out there to, to realize that, um, you know, this Christian journey that we're on, and especially for you college students out there, this is serious business. You never know when that time is going to come for you, when it's going to come for a loved one. You don't know what's coming your way. You need to be prepared like Simeon. I mean, Simeon was ready to go, and he was, you know, that'd be pretty cool to be privileged to be able to hold the Christ child in, in your arms. But in reality, he was at peace because of that. And we are at peace because God is at peace with us through the person of Jesus Christ. And your mother knew that. And uh, you know that about your mother, and God knows it about your mother. And we always think, well, we would love to have our love. We'd love to have, you know, we all jet, every college student out there, you go to college, you, you're, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get a master's degree, I'm going to get married, I'm gonna, you got your whole life plotted out, you're going to have this, this life, exe- and you never know what is going to come your way. But the bottom line is, when you face things like this, and it kills me, Matthew, that you had to deal with this, I love you dearly. 
It kills me that you had to deal with this, but I am so proud of you because your faith has come shining through and, and people see, people see that witness in you and your family. And it's a beautiful thing. But everybody out there, I know that there's a lot of depression on college stands, college uh, campuses, especially you get close to Christmas if somebody's lonely. Just, just remember that when you have Christ, you have absolutely everything. Your mother, Matthew, lacked nothing. She, Amen. She absolutely lacked nothing. She had the love of her family. She had the love of her friends. And she had the love of Christ, and that is God's ultimate goal. And uh, I am quite confident that the witness that your family has given and that you have given, very, very proud of you, to others um, will show forth and do your, mo- your mom great honor, but also your Lord. I want to share one last thing with you here. We just got about three minutes left. And I have one thing I wanted to add into the mix when thinking about... I don't get a chance to do funerals very often anymore because I'm a campus pastor. I haven't done one for 16 years. But one of the things that I used to always do at a funeral, and, I, and maybe you haven't even thought about this, was encourage. We always recited the uh, seventh petition of the Lord's Prayer. And I just want you to ponder this. In the Lord's Prayer, in the seventh petition, we pray that God would deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that in summary, our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation. And finally, finally, when the last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. What more fitting words could we have at a funeral, especially the funeral of a believer, because we know that at that moment, that has been fulfilled regardless of the age. And even though it hurts, and I know you miss your mom, and you will have other times down the line where you will grieve her so. But may those words be a comfort to you. Um, any final thoughts, um, things that, uh, any advice for college students that maybe are struggling with loneliness or, or you know, other, other people, you're surely not the only young person that has gone through this kind of loss. Anything that you would like to say to them kind of in closing? Sure. Um, just a few things. <clears throat> First, um, be where God is, you know, find him in his word, memorize his word, um, attend the divine service regularly, uh, receive him in his body and blood. Um, and also people, people are watching you. You're, you're Christian as well as your non-Christian friends and relatives and everyone and, and how you handle, um, you know, tragic situations, hardships in life. And if you're relying on, uh, Christ and that, that strength, uh, that, that he can provide, you know, you, you can be a good witness for him and can point back to him. Um, and, and, you know, perhaps they will come to know him as a result of that. And, and certainly as Pastor Zill said, yeah, we've had that opportunity. Uh, I have all kinds of you know, professors and people like that at college who, uh, this has provoked great, great questions within them about, you know, what do I believe? And, and they're just, uh, astounded by, um, the strength of our family's faith. Well, Matthew, uh, thank you for your words of advice and for sharing us these thoughts. Uh, again, uh, um, you know, it's, 
makes my day to think that you that we were both thinking about this independently of one another and then touched base about it and thought it'd be a nice chance to reflect uh, please know that uh, you are a, a great you have given a great tribute to your mother um, and even more importantly to uh, your Lord who he's with so God's peace to you and uh, God be with you going forward thank you pastor Zell That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. LCMSU.org. You've been listening to The Student Union, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission, in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting the Student Union.